Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I am William with my co-host Simon McCormack. Hello. Hello. We are recently returned from a big day out on the town. Simon, what have we done? Where have we been? Uh, We were just... Well... So the day started by going to the Nets practice in the park in Brooklyn Bridge Park, a lovely affair, and uh, then and you were introduced to uh, Sean Marks. Well, no, oh. the the first before we get there, back okay. up, <laughs> train train going by uh, the Vista. Oh yeah, the Vista, right? Promenade. The promenade. Yes. Lovely views. Your first time at the promenade. Yeah, that I at least I can definitively recall. Uh, and, uh, and then, yes, I, I shook hands with, and, uh, you were nice enough to snap a photo with Sean Marks. Yep, that's live on our Instagram account, maybe next time. You can see Simon with the big man himself. <laughs> he is quite big. He is about a foot and a half taller than you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, like, exactly right. Yep. Um, that was a thrill. I gotta say, that was a thrill. He was very gracious. He was very humble. He was. Uh, what did what, we say to him? Well, I just said, you know, hi. I said my name, and I said thanks for coming. And he said, you know, thank you guys for coming out. And you said, you're doing a great job or something like that. And he said, well, we've got a lot of great people. <laughs> if there's anything more riveting than... Um, <laughs> Than us talking about the Nets, it's definitely <laughs> recounting a talk? sycophantic <laughs> small talk that we had with Sean Marks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were highly complimentary, and he was, as you said, quite gracious. Uh, I don't remember what the handshake was like. I guess I'm not that in awe of Sean Marks, but it was cool to see him. Yeah, it's and it's is. insane that he was out there in shorts on Brooklyn Bridge Park Day, uh, just. Available to be accosted by Nets fans. Right. All of the players were hiding in this sort of behind these black curtains. Um, so they weren't walking around kicking it with the, with the community. Right. Uh, but Sean Marks was. Yeah. And it was a thrill. It was a thrill. Absolutely. Uh, where'd we go after that? Just refresh my memory. Yeah. Then we went to the Times Square Red Lobster. And we ordered what I have been wanting to get for at least, you know, since the summer. An uh, order after order of endless shrimp. <laughs> so this episode, in addition to delving deep into the Brooklyn Nets, mm-hmm. is going to relate said Nets to... One of the finest Times Square restaurants offering currently, for a limited time only, endless shrimp, Red Lobster. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got other things to discuss. We went to our first preseason basketball game. Yes. A truly crushing loss to the Knicks. Yes. I think we're taking the preseason game too seriously, but I think, we can... I, I think I definitely am completely ready to just make a huge number of assumptions based on it, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so we will get into that a little bit. 
we will do our Red Lobster segment in which we pick five Nets basketball players who are similar to the five different all-you-can-eat endless shrimp offerings at Red Lobster. Yes. Is that about sum it up? That's exactly right. <laughs> okay. Uh, also, we might dip into Brian Lewis's five storylines yep. of this season. Yep, yep. And a uh, little reaction to some Bill Simmons podcasting uh, trash talk of the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. All right. So, without further ado, Simon, we've discussed the practice in the park. There's not a whole lot more to say. We shook his hand. What else happened at this thing? Um, there's an enormous amount of filler at these things. I was at the one last year, or I should say I was outside the gates <laughs> of last year's They one. let everyone in this time. Yeah, no no trouble. Uh um, and basically, there's an enormous amount of filler. As I said, there's, um, you know, kids playing basketball for at least an hour and a half, two hours. Children that no one surely has any idea who they are, except maybe the parents who were there. Uh, and um, that goes on for an extremely long period of time. And then uh, Allie Love comes out, and they introduce Team Hype, who do a little dancing. And then there's, like... Olivia Cedra comes up. Friend of the podcast, potentially. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem very friendly to (laughs) me. It's been been hostile. Yeah. Um, And then um, uh, dunk professional dunkers come out and dunk the ball a few times. We saw the world's, according to Ali Love, sixth best dunker, right? Yeah, according to some sort of ranking. Yeah, he was very good at dunking. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's true. And then... The Brooklynettes come out. Uh, Brooklynettes come out, do a dance number, and oh, there was the drum crew, and then finally, finally, Kenny get, Atkinson interview. Yeah, Kenny Atkinson interview that we couldn't hear, and then, <laughs> uh, and then, finally, the the Brooklyn Nets come out, and then they play like knockout, <laughs> and do other various things that they're unlikely to injure themselves to. Right, and I think important to note who won knockout. Uh, ru- ru- uh what is it? Rudy, 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 Kuruks. Kuruks. Yeah. Um, who we will talk about? You know what? You did such a good job of describing what happened at that park. <laughs> Thanks. I don't know that there's much else we need to dwell on. Yeah, I agree. we didn't. We got a free towel. Yep, that's worth noting for yeah, sure. Definitely, you've already lost your towel. Yeah, my towel's gone. Uh, it's at Red Lobster. If mm-hmm. you're in the area, you can go in and and claim you left it. I'm sure they'd <laughs> happily give you. Yeah, I can't imagine they're going to hold on to that towel. Yeah, uh, I'm happy to hit us up on at maybe next time. I'll happily uh, give you my uh, address, and uh, you can send me a bill for the fish shipping. Sure. Right. Maybe a little reward? No. Free ticket. We have a free ticket to a game. Which one? Uh, The Magic game. Oh, fine. (laughs) Free ticket if you go to Times Square, Mm -hmm. Red Lobster, get get Simon's towel. It says practice in the park. Right. Free ticket upon completion of this task, by the way. (laughs) I'm getting a damn ticket just based on you saying that you have the towel. I've been on down that road too many times. Oh, too many times. (laughs) Um, would you accept a towel that 
someone got at the thing and, and sent it to me? Sent as if they had gone to Red Lobster? Or do you want, like, do they need to photograph themselves at Red Lobster with it and a timestamp on that? You can, there are two options. You can get me <laughs> that exact towel. Or you can get me your towel freshly washed. They have to wash it. Yeah, and it needs filthy, to smell like it's been washed. Filthy hands have been it all over that. It needs to smell thing. like it's been washed. I'll know if it hasn't been washed. He he does have a really really strong sense of I've smell. I've got a nose for these things. You do. Any preferred detergent or no? No. Any. You just yeah. know you you know a detergent when you Pre- smell one. Preferably a very strongly scented one. <laughs> <laughs> like a lavender, maybe? Mm. Oh, yeah. that sounds nice. Yeah. Right? A sounds lilac? Good. Yeah. Mountain breeze. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, fake thing. <laughs> um, okay. So, we mentioned Rodi- Rojan Kuruks mm-hmm. winning the knockout contest. Mm-hmm. He also won the hearts of every... Brooklyn Nets fan at the preseason game that happened on Wednesday evening. <coughs> yeah. Fair not fair to say, right? I think that's absolutely the, the, fair to the say. The stadium was alive yeah. when that man was on the court. He had, I think, four steals, uh-huh. 11 points. But more than, I think he had like 13 or something. 13 points. points. Yeah. Big scoring night. All, all in the fourth all quarter. All in the fourth quarter. Absolutely remarkable. He was a shot of adrenaline mm-hmm. off the bench mm-hmm. um, where we had one guy, Jordan McLaughlin, who <laughs> we just brought the game to within three points. There was about a minute and 20 seconds left. Drove it up the court. Not even drove. He wasn't under pressure or anything. Dribbled casually up the court, slipped, fell. The ball flew out of bounds, and the game was immediately and very obviously over after that. Um, in very stark contrast to that, Rojan Kuruks uh, lit it up. And it it was one of those things that obviously is not going to repeat itself every time he gets on the court, mm-hmm. but is such an auspicious start that the expectations for this man have gone from essentially maybe one day he'll be like good enough to actually play in something other than the G League to I basically want him on the court in our starting five. Like, Rondé, find another job. Rodian oh, Kudix has, uh, has your position on lock. Uh-huh. So, that was the bright spot mm-hmm. of the preseason mm-hmm. game. Uh, which, by the way, was the first game in which we sat in the hallowed Section 114 with the our fellow blockheads, mm-hmm. uh, with our free... Free season ticket, right? Um, which I found to be a, a less awkward experience than I ultimately thought it was going to be. Yeah, I think I think it was much much better than the auditions, which were pretty. The auditions basically made me never ever want to see any of those people again. Mm-hmm. This time we were stuck on the periphery. The guys that were by us, they were nice enough. Yeah, kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Ish, mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had to stand up and do some cheers and stuff, but worth it, I feel like, for free season tickets. I agree. Um, and and uh, we'll report more as 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 it evolves. Yes, as our chance cheers, etc., evolve. That's right. Um, so Kudrix was undoubtedly the high high 
mark of the evening. Mm-hmm. What for you, Simon, because I know you walked out of that stadium not feeling too great about the Brooklyn Yes. Yeah. And I know I, I after about after we blew about an 18-point lead, I know I was ready to uh, call the season then and there. Yeah, me too. Uh, as an under the Vegas line of 32.5. Yeah. Um, but what were some of the things that troubled you about the game? I have, I have three things, and okay. I'll try to be brief about them. Um, uh, the first is it seems like the same problems – that plagued the team last year were very much present uh, in this game from bad three-point shooting to getting destroyed inside by a mediocre center, in this case Enos Cantor, who went for 20 rebounds and 25 points in like 26 minutes, um, to pretty porous perimeter defense, including losing, uh, giving up 25 points to an undrafted guy. Uh, what's Trier. his name? Trier. Um and just you know, just just think about the problems that you, that you remember or the team having last year. They were present. Uh, and then the, the the other two things I wanted to talk about are just two players that I you know I I know that it's the preseason. No one should care, etc. But just walk with me, talk with me here. This isn't a podcast about reasoned, careful analysis. No, this, is, this people come to this podcast. It's coming from the gut for the hottest. It's coming from a yeah. shrimp-filled gut. Yeah, that's right. A mildly irritable after this. This uh, not very uplifting coffee. No, um, a decaf coffee and a belly full of shrimp. Yeah. Um. So, uh, look, I, I think my worry with Jared Allen that could extend past you know the fact that he's twenty years old, he's small, he'll get bigger, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which is very possible. Um. Uh, is that he just does not want to rebound. He doesn't, like, if you watch an Ed Davis, if you watch a, I don't know, anyone who's good at rebounding, there's, like, a, like, they like getting after the ball. They like pushing their opponent under the basket or boxing their opponent out. Like, they love, like, hunting for the ball. Yeah. Jared Allen rebounds like it's an extreme chore. Like, he'd much rather be playing Overwatch. Um, and I just fear that that will never go away and that he will never be the, the rebounder that we, that we really need. Um, so that, that's, a, that's a fear of mine that carries over from last year and was very much alive and well um, for, for this preseason game. The other thing is I... Uh, I the other I, player. The other player, sorry, is, is um, D'Angelo. And I, I, D'Angelo Russell, I, I really just feel like the only thing that will make me really, really, really excited about D'Angelo is if he gets to the free throw line because he will always have a few nice passes um, every game. And and there will certainly be nights where he shoots much better than he did uh, that night. Um, he, you know, have games where maybe he'll get 40 points, 30 points, whatever. But for him to be a consistent scorer and for me to really feel like he's moving the needle and to be excited about his long-term future, he has got to get to the line. Um, and I didn't see any real signs of him doing that in, in this game. So those are my thoughts. Okay. Agreed on the um, on many of the things that plagued us last year mm-hmm. uh, seem, seem to be plaguing us again this year. Mm-hmm. Agree wholeheartedly. 
Regarding Jared Allen, there were some bright spots as well as many of the darker trends that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, he showed his ridiculously good rim protection uh, early on in the game anyway with a couple early and very, very big blocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is very long and he can he can uh, disrupt other teams' offense, and he can be a good anchor in that sense. Would be great if he could get rebounds. That was obviously a a very, very bad part mm-hmm. of, of that game. Mm-hmm. And perhaps it was just Enos Cantor um, being too, too big, strong, mean in there for poor little Jarrett. But um, it certainly wasn't hopeful. Uh, as for D'Lo, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um... I I mean he's he does he does need to get to the line, he does need to shoot it a little better. I don't know I don't I just don't know what's going on. I feel like maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's not the right fit. Like Kenny's system isn't the right system for D'Lo. But then I don't know if there is really a right system for D'Lo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that a lot of what Kenny is trying to impose is stuff that really puts blinders on the things that make D'Angelo such an exciting and potentially gifted player. Um, just sort of, you know, the things that make him so wonderful also make him so agonizing and frustrating to watch mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, and they come from a looser, freer sort of system than I think Kenny... Uh, is going to let him have, and I think Kenny is drilling certain things into him that are just so are, are sort of oppressively weighing on his mind. So, mm-hmm. like, I think he lives in mortal fear of getting turnovers now, um, where any top ten point guard in the league is essentially a turnover monster. Um, most of them, anyway. If you think of guys like Russell Westbrook, John Wall, Kemba Walker, uh, all these guys, uh, James Harden, all these guys have massive amounts of turnovers. And you hope that is made up for by, you know, nearly 10 assists a game and 20-plus points a game. Right. Um, but a consequence of that is going to be some turnovers. And when you begin to single-mindedly focus on something like that, it can inhibit you from doing those other things that that could be good. So, yeah, I, I just push back a little on that is that in that if D'Angelo had a 2-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio, I would be happy. And I have to imagine that Kenny would be relatively happy. The, the problem is that he basically has a 1-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio. <laughs> Yeah, it's not great. Uh, don't do not get me wrong. The guy needs more assists if he's going to be turning the ball over that much. Um, we will see. I'm not. I you know preseason is way too early to begin to condemn uh, or make any grand uh, extrapolations about what's going to what's going to happen in the season. Mm-hmm. Last year we beat the shit out of the Nets. Nets. Uh, Knicks. Sorry. In all the preseason game in both preseason games against them, and then we lost four times in the regular season. So uh, maybe it's the inverse this year. Maybe we lose to them a couple times and we uh, crush. Yeah, during maybe. the regular season. Time to panic. Yeah, I don't really have much more to say about that game. Mm-hmm. 
So why don't we do a hard transition, if you're willing, yep. to a Red Lobster f- uh, shrimp-based nets analysis? Mm-hmm. All right. So the parameters are there are five types of shrimp one can order in the endless shrimp deal for twenty one ninety nine mm-hmm. at Times Square Red Lobster. The price may vary upon location. Yeah, but probably you're not going to be paying more than we were, which was like $22. Yeah. Which just seems like such a reasonable price in this day and age for endless shrimp. For endless shrimp. And they weren't they weren't trying to keep the shrimp from us. No. She would have kept them coming for hours. Yeah. Uh, mercifully, she didn't, and there was a cap eventually at you know <laughs> w- at which our bodies could no longer ingest right. shrimp. Absolutely, um, which ended up being what four servings, mm-hmm. four quite large servings of shrimp. Yeah. So the five options for shrimp at Red Lobster are sesame ginger, which is basically just a. Thick syrup that they put over it's shrimp. It's like a teriyaki type thing. Sure, sure. Shrimp scampi. Mm-hmm. But just a traditional scamp. Yeah. Uh, shrimp linguine alfredo, mm-hmm. which is the one that we did not try, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually the one right now I feel like I could get a little in me. Yeah, yeah. I think it's some of that decaf has cleared some room for okay. some more shrimp. Uh, Crunchy Fiesta, which was certainly the most novel of them. It's fried shrimp pieces with really gross uh, queso cheese on top of it and and tomatoes. <laughs> like a salsa y <laughs> Like a salsa y tomato and queso and shrimp mm-hmm. dish. Mm-hmm. It's like your mother made. Uh, and. <laughs> yeah. Very home cookie. It's style. very home cookie, uh, and <laughs> hand battered, which is just a traditional fried shrimp with a cocktail sauce. Right. How was the cocktail sauce? I didn't. I didn't get a chance. Exactly to try. like every cocktail sauce I've ever had. Pretty standard issue. Yeah. All right. So what we are going to do is we are going to go through and say which net we feel most embodies these five different types of red lobster shrimp. Yes. Right? That's right. Did I miss anything? No. Uh, you get a Caesar salad and cheesy biscuits. The cheesy biscuits are quite good. Yes. Um, all right. So, Simon, start us off. Sesame ginger. What nets sesame ginger? To me, uh, sesame ginger is uh, Joe Harris. So, sesame ginger might have might have in some ways been my favorite kind because it did not weigh you down it, it it's like the lightest type of shrimp that I feel like I had um, it tastes pretty reasonable to me I know you have differing opinions on it but you know it's like a yeah it's like a sweet uh, you know easy to go down thing and, and to me Joe Harris is just you know he's he's nothing uh, spectacular but you know he's just a you plug him in he does exactly what you know he's gonna do and uh, you know he doesn't doesn't fill you with rage really. Okay, so I had a little different uh, reaction to the sesame <laughs> sesame ginger. Mm-hmm. So it's there's there are like six shrimp 
grilled, served on a skewer, mm-hmm. which already bugs me. Like, I hate things on a skewer. Oh, uh, it's very difficult for me to get things off the skewer. I just want them off of the skewer. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I understand, yeah. like, cooking something on a skewer, I understand, like, the pragmatic purpose of that. Yeah. But... Remove it, like then remove it from the skewer and serve it removed. Like I believe you that you cooked it on a skewer. You can put that on the description of it. You don't need to keep it on the skewer. Yeah. So that was problematic. This big wooden <laughs> skewer that you're trying to get these syrup-soaked, yeah. drenched. Yeah, they're drenched. Grilled shrimp. So they were just covered in a lot of gross stuff. Uh, very, very sweet. And the problem was that I got rice off, you know, obviously I got some rice peel off of mm-hmm. mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, again, you get a side for uh, steamed broccoli, mashed potato, rice peel off. Yep. Other options. Yep. Vegetable medley, perhaps. Um, so my rice, not only was my, my, my skewered shrimp, um, covered in this syrup, but all of my rice was drenched in that horrible sesame ginger. I don't know so. how you could eat that pilaf without the sauce. The, the pilaf itself was was as bland as a chew. <laughs> yeah, I sometimes blandness in a meal that's just like, as you said, it was a it was criminal that they had salt shakers on the table for how much sodium <laughs> was in these things. In a meal that rich in sodium, maybe a little bland peel off to the side might be nice. Instead, what I got was like rice floating in this in this really overly sweet syrupy sauce. Mm. That said, I have written next to this, and I honestly, I cannot retrace the logic that had me write this name next to it okay. in the restaurant. Okay. Damare Carroll. Okay. I don't know. That's it. Okay. That's my guy. Uh, well, if nothing else, that was a very detailed description, description of your experience <laughs> with it, which I, which I fundamentally disagree with, but, but I, I'm not surprised. All right. So, next up, a little thing called Shrimp Scampi. Mm, you want to go first? Yeah, I will go first. Okay. Thanks. Sure. Um, so the scampi was far and away my favorite. Okay. Uh, they kept it simple yet elegant. It was a garlic butter based scamp. Yeah. Um, and you put some shrimp in it. That was it. It was. It was. There was no syrup involved. There was no queso that it was steeped in. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't fried. It was just shrimp in butter and garlic. Okay. Very nice. Right. Very yes, nice. Absolutely. And since it was my favorite, <laughs> nice. uh-huh. T'Angelo Russell. Okay. Because okay. he's my favorite now. Right. Okay. Um, so for me, the the experience with, with the shrimp scampi was a little bit. Less euphoric. Um, I do think initially, I loved, you know, like the first four to five scampi shrimps were probably the best shrimp experience I had. And then, but as you as I kept going, like suddenly, like almost without noticing it first, I just started to get really sick feeling yeah. from the incredible amounts of butter and stuff that's on there with the, the, the same thing that brings that euphoric initial rush also uh-huh. craters me uh well you were kind of sl- scooping up a lot of the buttery sauce with it you there's a way to I, I, sort I, of I, what no i was gonna say yeah i poured that on my mashed potatoes i thought oh, that was pretty gosh. innovative yeah no that was out there for sure uh, yeah um 
so to me, he that 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 also makes it D'Angelo Russell um, because there is this like initial joy, this sort of effortless charm that he has um, with the way he plays basketball. But there's just by the when you're done with a game with D'Angelo Russell, you know, oftentimes you're left feeling discouraged. And uh, sick to your stomach. (laughs) Harsh. Yeah. Uh, Next up, Shrimp Linguini Alfredo. As mentioned, neither of us tried this. Mm -hmm. But I I think we have a pretty good idea what a Shrimp Alfredo is. And I think our listeners do, too. Yeah. You know? They're cosmopolitan folks. They've been to to their local Red Lobster. Yeah. Um, I wish I'd tried it. Honestly, that sounds like the best thing to me right now. But we didn't try it. The guy it reminds me of, Simon, yeah. I'll, I'll go first okay, on this one, okay. uh, is Joe Harris. Hmm. Because his favorite movie is The Godfather. Okay. And he comes out, you know, like when he hits a shot, they play the little tune yeah, from The Godfather. Like, yeah. um, and, hey, it's Alfredo. <laughs> yeah. Fredo is one of the brothers in uh, the Fredo Carleone. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's okay. it. That's, okay. that's me. That's uh, my take. <laughs> so for me, uh, the Alfredo is Jared Allen because I, I too, in in an isolated situation that was not an endless shrimp, uh, sort of beat the clock with your stomach, um, sort of gambit. Um, I think I, I think I would have definitely liked to try it, but because of the the situation that you're in, um, you didn't want to be bogged down. Yeah, the with con- pasta. the constraints of of the reality of the endless shrimp is is that that's a trap and you have to avoid it. Right. Um, so the reason why I think that's like Jared Allen is that, you know, he he fits this the mold of this modern center, um, but there are some scenarios like against Enos Cantor where he is just not. Good uh, for for what you need, and he's basically, in in my mind, basically unplayable in in, in those situations. Um, which brings us to uh, unplayable brings us to crunchy fiesta, <laughs> which for some of us was virtually inedible. Um, that said, I ate every single one of them. Yeah, yeah. I uh, so, just to recap, a crun- <laughs> a crunchy fiesta shrimp is fried deep. Battered, deep-fat yep. fried shrimp, mm-hmm. covered in nacho cheese, drenched in nacho cheese, <laughs> with a salsa-like substance yep. in or around its cheesy parts. <laughs> it is a harrowing take on an old favorite, uh-huh. shrimp. <laughs> um, but you know what? It, it has? What? Balls. Mm, right? Okay. That thing is out there. That thing yeah, is yeah. it has no shame. It's it's it is it is putting it all on the line. Yeah. It does not it gives approximately zero Fs. Yeah, it's it's a risk taker. It's a risk taker. And for me, that is Kuruks. Ah. He is out there throwing his body around, uh, getting steals, doing some wacky stuff, taking a lot of shots, getting to the line, being a being just a just a high energy out there kind of guy, just like those crunchy fiesta uh, shrimp were were out there putting it all on the line for us. Okay, um, 
so for me, um, the uh, the the crunchy fiesta whatnots were Karis Levert. Um, and here's why. To me, the individual components of that dish uh-huh. are fine, or at least can be fine. Like, like fine with salsa, uh-huh. fine with nacho cheese, yep. fine with just breaded seasoned shrimp, right? Sure. Combined, but I'm not actually, and to make it an even better sort of comparison. I'm I'm not like wild about any of those things. Perfectly fine with nacho cheese. Perfectly right. fine with Well, I feel like you're kinda of wild about nacho cheese. Yeah, not that nacho cheese. Like, no, that was horrible. That was so like seven eleven nacho yeah. cheese. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So that that's a good point. So so that particular nacho cheese is not very appealing. And combined, it just doesn't come together. And Karis Levert is like he can kind – he's not a great shooter. He's not terrible, but he's certainly not great. He can kind of defend, although tell that to Trier. Uh, <laughs> and he can drive to the hoop. He can create his own shot, but not amazingly. And just combined as a player, he's just not – he just doesn't, uh, to me, really – it doesn't excite me so far, anyway. And so you would say that the crunchy fiesta didn't excite you. Yeah, I, okay. I think combined those elements didn't didn't exactly work. No, I agree. And but you know what? Kudos to the chef. He took some. He took a real risk on that one. Yeah. Uh, final one, hand battered. This is just a traditional bar. If a bar has shrimp, mm-hmm. it's going to be this style of shrimp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be battered shrimp with a cocktail sauce. Yeah. Uh, Simon tried it. I didn't. It's just very conventional. It does it does its job, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what you're going to get from it. It's very to me, Simon. It's very Ed Davis. I was going to say Ed Davis for the exact <laughs> reason. I swear. I swear it. We have uh, not shared notes, folks. No, we haven't. We haven't had time. We've been too too busy eating shrimp. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's. I mean, I don't. What else do you have to say about it? He's just like right. It's. It's not amazing, but you know exactly what you're going to get, and it's fine. It's perfectly fine. fine. It's adequate, you know. And it looked. I mean, I don't know. I didn't try, but it looked adequate. It was. It was right on the line. Right. Right down the the middle of exactly (laughs) what you'd expect. All right. Uh, That was great. I hope. That this becomes an annual tradition where yeah, we can too. get to the lobster at least once a year mm-hmm. for their endless shrimp. It only happens once a year, I think. Mm-hmm. Thankfully. Um, so keep your eyes peeled. I don't know how you came across it this mm. this time. Do you? I kept my eyes out. Okay. <laughs> your ear to the ground. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, great. Well, thank you. Thanks for, for exposing me to that. That's why I live in New York is to... to, <laughs> to to be close to places like Red Lobster. Um, yeah, well, thank you for coming, Bill. Of course. It is certainly not the worst culinary uh, adventure you and I have shared Ain't that the truth. Um, so we are going to transition now to the Brian Lewis five storylines, and we can go through these pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, first one on his list was Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. I think after last episode, we need not get back into it. Uh, the majority of humanity has come around to thinking maybe the net shouldn't really go all in for Butler here. Mm-hmm. Simon, of course, stubbornly and steadfastly uh, r- remains on Camp Jimmy. That's right. 
41 games of the team I saw on Monday. Needs I, a little butler. You dick. I, I, yeah, I, I need a shot of... <laughs> Of something, anything. All right. Next one, slightly more interesting and something we haven't talked too much about. The starting two guard. Mm -hmm. So that is a big question for him this season. Hmm. Presumably, it is Alan Crabb, Mm -hmm. but Karis LeVert. There's the hype machine around Karis LeVert. Yep. Uh, Joe Harris is in contention for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Musha, theoretically, could come in there. Yep. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, perhaps, moving out to the wing if he and D'Lo can play together. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Is Alan Crabb is going to probably start the season as our starting two. Mm-hmm. He did in the preseason game. Yep. Uh, come next March and April, is Alan Crabb going to be in the starting five? You know, it's a compelling question. I. It's not that I have re- faith in Alan Crabb. Um, I, I, you know, he was terrible again. He was just exactly the same frustrating crab that he was the entire year in that preseason game. Uh, seems to have added no new exciting aspect of his game, uh, to his game. Um, so it's not that I love the guy, but I also just like, I don't know, like, I just don't think I'm not excited by Karis LeVert or Joe Harris or Trevion Graham. Uh, he, I mean, I don't know. Not, his three he just, point he's shooting not was a good. He was, it was horrible that game. I mean, I know he shoots a good percentage uh, for his career, but he doesn't have that many attempts, and he looked like a guy who you can't exactly count on to to shoot a consistently good three-point he shot. He seemed really nervous. Yeah, I agree. He seemed like a guy who's taking uh, preseason. If others were not taking it very seriously, he was. Yeah. And felt like he needed to come out and prove something. Yeah. And as a result, uh, did disastrously. In, in terms of his shot, you know, it's weird. Like, watching him, I completely agree. And then, but his box score, like, he had some good rebounds. He, he had, had a like, lot more rebounds. He was the leading rebounder on the team. Yeah. And um, what did he have? I feel like he had some other stats, steals or something. Anyway, it didn't look terrible in the box score other than the, the three-point shooting, which was which was terrible. Um, yeah. No, I, so I don't think he – I don't know. I'm, I just have – I guess I have slightly less faith in the other people that would be taking his spot. Uh, so I do think that by the skin of his teeth, Alan Crabb will still be starting. But to watch. you would probably agree that most likely candidate to take his spot would be Karis LeVert. I, you know, I'm gonna be wild on this one. I'm gonna say the most likely candidate to take his spot is Joe Harris. Joe Harris. What about to get a little wilder? Mm-hmm. Uh, and after that game, honestly, I think the real question is. Who is going to be the starting three? Because Damari Carroll was a heap of garbage. Yeah. Uh, I think he has transitioned to a role as team moral center uh, <laughs> and less, you know, team executor on the court. Player yeah. who can execute on the court. He looked awful. He was very bad. And people can have a bad game, especially in preseason. It doesn't matter. We shouldn't overreact to it, but he looked very badly. If they need Karis LeVert in the lineup, which I feel like, you know, if we really want to keep believing that Karis LeVert is going to be good, we need him to be in the starting lineup. If they're looking for a spot, I feel like it would be easier to transition Carroll to the bench unit Mm -hmm. than it would Crabb. 
at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I think we owe anything more to Crab than we do, but like if there's any hope of getting any value out of that guy, putting him on the bench is going to completely destroy his already more or less destroyed mental state. Yeah, and I think a couple. I I agree with you, and I I, I think a couple things also working in in uh, Levert's favor to be replacing. Uh, Carol is that um, I think Kenny will want at least one, you know, at least allegedly good shooter, right, on on the court, on his starting uh, five. And uh, Crab fits that bill. Joe Harris fits that bill. Um, and then the other thing is that when Kenny was talking about um, the starting lineup for the preseason game, he said when uh, Ronda is fully back from his injury, he expects him to be at the four. So, um, And who started at the four? Oh, Carol. Carol was the four. Right, right, right. Um, all right. His next question, uh, question for the year was rookies. Mm. Will they be G- banished to the G League, or are we going to see more run from Kuduks? Yeah. I know you were extremely low on the rookies mm-hmm. after the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you still low? I mean, Kuruks was the only bright spot of that entire uh, preseason game, so I want to believe. I mean, again, that was against, like, third-string Knicks. Yeah. So, and in a preseason game. So, you know, you don't really want to, you know, whatever. But but I do think that, I do think it's interesting that Kenny Atkinson, and, you know, this is largely coach speech, speech perhaps, but he he did say, you know, look, there is a chance that he could crack into the into the rotation. Um you know, so so yeah. There's a there's a chance he could. Do I that loved there. him out there. Yeah, uh, the stadium loved him. The fans loved him. Um, I already am fine with him taking Rondé Hollis Jefferson starting spot, mm-hmm. uh, and I at the I very least hope that he becomes the go-to backup four off the bench. Hmm. Bye bye Kenneth Fareed. Bye bye Trevion Graham. I want kudos, and I want a lot of kudos. Interesting. What? There's a thing going off in the. Uh, Who? Your phone. Abby Bluer's. Oh, calling, my perhaps? sister. Huh. Well, anyway, there's nothing to be done here. Shut up. Uh, okay. So, and then Musha, I can't wait to get us. I, I can't. Okay, this uh, thing stopped recording wonderfully. Uh, I'm not sure how much was lost, but I will say this. Uh, Regarding the rookies, which I think is where we just were when this got cut off, Mm -hmm. um, I do want to make the point that I just made again about the starting lineup, which I do not think I've said by the time this got cut off. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I genuinely do hope that Come March, April, the net starting lineup is D'Angelo Russell at one, Jajanin Musa at two, uh, Karis LeVert at three, Rojan Kuduks at four, and Jared Allen at five. I think those are by far the five most important players for the net's future. Um, those are the guys that we have uh, on the best, longest-term contracts. Except for Except D'Lo. for D'Lo, who we could get on that contract if we wanted. Uh, not necessarily a good one, but a long one if we want. 
Um, and those are the guys who, if this team is going to be good without just bringing in tons of free agents, which is unlikely to happen, um, those are the guys that are going to need to develop into ver- to good basketball players for this team to be relevant in three to four years. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to which, it provides the added benefit of starting a five-man unit who this year probably are not going to be very good, which will result in lots of losses, which will be wonderful, because then we will get a shot at someone like Zion Williams uh, in next year's draft. Which is the other way that we could be relevant. Uh, is, getting is getting a good draft. Getting actually good players. Yes. Yeah. Through the draft. Through a draft, yes. Uh, actually good, even better than Jean and Musha. Yeah. Potentially. Uh, it's such a bad core. It's such a bad core. It's not the greatest core in the world. I mean, also, you can add to that core Ronnie Hellas Jefferson. We do yeah, that's have, true. We do have uh, the chance to keep him, but that's really it. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the young guys. Those are the guys we're building around. Um, Crab, Joe Harris, they're older. They're not. Re- you're not really building around those guys. No, those six are really the 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 future. It's a chance Spencer Dinwiddie becomes a cornerstone, but yep. he's older. Yeah. Uh, okay. So anyway, that's that's all we're gonna do with the Brian Lewis questions for the season, because mm-hmm. uh, we need to start wrapping this baby up. But you wanted to mention from the Bill Simmons podcast where he's talking with Kevin O'Connor. He gave Sean Marks' tenure thus far a C plus. Mm-hmm. He wants to know why everyone says Brooklyn's so smart. Mm-hmm. What have they done that is so smart? His damning evidence is getting Alan Crabb. Mm-hmm. But what, as a Nets fan and admirer of Sean Marks and, I would say, friend after today. I would say like very close Like close personal yeah. friend of Sean Marks. Oh, I got a great vibe from what, Absolutely. He was really into us. We were putting out positive energy. He was putting out, I mean... Yeah, it was real. It was palpable. Um, what would you say you would say to Bill Simmons were, were, were instead of, of me, yeah. you had Bill Simmons here. What would you say to him to convince him that Sean Marks is better than a C plus? Because you think he's what? More like like a B plus? I would say he's more like a B plus, yes. All right. So I, why is he a B plus? Uh, first of all, I would commend, though I think he's a tremendous jackass, uh, Bill Simmons, for being bringing some reality to the net situation um, and noting that we don't really have very many talented players, but here here's the thing, uh, he he has been able to uh, get draft assets uh, by hook or by crook um, through a number of very interesting methods and and I would also include D'Angelo Russell as kind of a draft like mm-hmm. asset, just creating young. You know the the chance to get young players, and that includes people like like a Jared Allen, who right now is not very good, but is quite young and has some. You know, I, I know I didn't feel this way after the game on Monday, but has some very real potential to be to be a good modern center um, with a twenty something pick. Right, I think he's drafted pretty well. I think even if Karis Levert and even if Jared Allen don't become, you know. Amazing players. They All were drafted stars. in the twenties. Right. No. Like most great. people yeah. are washed from the league when they're when they're drafted in the twenties after after a few years. I don't see that happening. I, I think Karis Levert has a long career in the league as at the very least on the bench. And he's, I think absolutely he's a rotation player for yeah. sure. And I think Jared Allen you know, has signs of being a, a starter caliber player. 
Um, and I, and again, yes, we, we have like all of our all, we have two draft picks next year. We got draft picks um, even when we didn't have them uh, our own last year and the year before. Um, and and doing that required a lot of creative thinking. And um, I just would also just say to me, I don't know how you feel about this bill, but to me, Sean Marks is like um, uh, God. Who is the oh uh, Steve Alford. Uh, oh, yeah, of the, of, of the Union Lobos. Lobos, right? He's not – no one would say that Steve Alford is the best NCAA coach. He's not a Krzyzewski or whatever. But he's perfectly solid, and for the Lobos, he's, like, about as good as it's going to get. And I feel like similarly for the Nets, like, they should be very happy with a competent, strategic-thinking guy who, like, has some thoughts in his head and, like, you're not terrified to hand over the, like, reins to Right. No, I think that I think that there is a middle ground between between banishing him as like a guy who's only done the Alan Crab trade and is worthless. Yeah. Um, and the genius that he is often lauded as in Nets world. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that he absolutely he's pretty good at what mm-hmm. he's doing, and I think pretty good is qu- significantly better than other facets of um, the Nets organization, mm-hmm. and certainly historically much better than his predecessors. Yeah, definitely. Um, which is uh, you know all you can ask for. So I think that's going to be it for this week. Great. Uh, if you want check out our Instagram. We have a, a maybe next time is our handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a little album up of Simon at practice in the park, as well as a couple stories that are just so much fun. Yeah, I think they are fun. <laughs> uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Every review helps, uh, and follow us on Twitter, where we very infrequently post tweets. <laughs> but when we do, but when we do, doggy. we're not gonna we're not gonna blow up your feed, folks. No, we're not. You but, know, uh, just throw us a casual follow. Right, that's right. Um, all right, we'll go ahead and uh, see, see ya next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long, like a worn-out recording of a favorite song. She lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read If you like King